When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17-14 is the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. All right. How you doing, everyone? I'm Russ Salzberg, and welcome once again to Big Blue Kickoff Live here on Giants.com and the Giants app. Joining me, as always, my partner, my buddy, Paulie Dots, Paul Dottino. Hello. Hello. And most importantly, for you people, you nice people out there to call, the number, as always, is 201-939-4513. That is 201-939-4513. And... Uh, uh, I, I guess, Paulie, uh, to call this week a big game would be an understatement. But from this juncture on, every week is a big game. And to call mm. it anything less than that is would be an understatement. So here we go. Yeah, you know, Russ, um, there are some games that will weigh more heavily than others because of the standings and the tiebreaker scenarios and the, the battle for positioning. Well, because of what happened with the Giants last week, the tie to Washington, you know, whether or not you had thoughts of them trying to catch Philadelphia, that's kind of unrealistic at this point. So it lessens the importance of this game, other than it's just simply a win or a loss in the standings that you certainly could use to help your playoff positioning. But to, to think you're going to beat Philly in this game and still have chances to catch them, I think it's a little far-fetched. I think it's kind of a little far-fetched to think you're going to catch Dallas, too, at this point. For me, the Giants, after what happened the other day, uh, they've got to look to solidify a wild-card position. Yes, but l- let me ask you this, my dear friend and my loyal Giants yes, sir. S- supporter. The way you phrase that, <laughs> it's telling me that going into last week, maybe you were one of those people who were thinking that you could still capture the division. I I, don't, I never thought that was a hope. I I did I did not realistically think they could do that. But mathematically speaking, yeah, yeah, if you okay. wanted to go into that, if the Giants had still only had uh, four losses, and uh, um, not four losses, if if they had still had have been eight and four, right, and then beaten Philadelphia this Sunday, well, now you got one more game with them left, four other three other games left to play. Mathematically, I guess you could take a shot at them. Yeah. yeah I, but I don't. I mean, that's kind of out the window. Here now. was my, my attitude. Uh, obviously, every game, and, and last week hurt. 
I mean, when, when I say it hurt, you're sitting there and you say, you can get this one. You got this yeah, one. That's why it hurt. You, you have a lead. That, that's why it did hurt. Yeah. But leaving the press box, going down in the elevator, going down in the elevator to go to, uh, you know, uh, Dables and, and the Giants postgame uh, press conference and then into the locker room. While we're going down in the elevator, you know, somebody says, and this is also members of the media, boy, this... Uh, this law, this tie can really come back to bite them on the bleep. And I looked around and said, I'll tell you what would have bit them a lot more on the bleep would have been a loss. I mean, the tie, they are 7-4-1. and one. The team that they're playing is 7-5. and five. Uh, I mean, the team behind them, the uh, yeah. commanders, who they're going to, by the way, be playing on Sunday night the following week. So to me... Um, is it perfect? No. Were we all disappointed? You were disappointed. I was disappointed. And I know the Giants fans were. And I'm not, you know, uh, I'm not making light out of anything. It, for lack of a better term, it sucked to end up with a tie. But it is what it is. And they still have destiny in their own hands. And when we get down to this juncture of a season, when you have destiny in your own hands, it means you don't need to look elsewhere for help. That's a good feeling. So just go take care of business. Now, whether the Giants could take care of business this week remains to be seen. I, I mean, to say that they're up against it would, would be, uh, that's an understatement. They're, they're playing a very good <clears throat> team. What are they? Uh, seven, not that we're dealing with, with betting, but they're seven-point dogs at home. They're up against it. To illustrate how unique this situation is for the Giants, since 1990, the NFL has had only three teams um, apparently be 7-4-1, and one, and I'm, I'm not sure how I understand that to be because if you have ties, there have to be an even number of ties. But the, the, record, the, the record thing that, that I looked at said uh, two of the three teams who have been 7-4-1 and one at this juncture have gone on to make the playoffs. But, again, that number doesn't make a lot of sense to me because if you have a tie, it means two teams have to tie, so it's got to be an even number. Right. So I don't know exactly where that came from other than the, the league has put that number out there. I will tell you this, okay? The bottom line for the Giants, more so than whatever they do in Sunday's game, Lord knows everybody in this building would love to win it and will desperately do everything they can to win it. The other very, very, very important component of this game is that they come out of it healthy. I mean, Russ, the game against Washington in two weeks, this is going to be a game that does carry monumental significance. Right. And they cannot afford to go limping into that game with this injury list any longer than it is or any worse than it is. That would be devastating to this team. Listen, I, I think that goes... Look, Paulie, and, and to all the fans out there, I think to say the Giants have been decimated, devastated by injuries... Ravaged ra is ravaged, the word that I like to use. That, that's, that's another understatement. They've just been killed. You, you know, I, I mean, if you want to look at some positives, it was so good to see Daniel Bellinger back in the lineup last week, and he, he looked like he didn't miss a beat. He was in for, you know, almost every snap. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, those are the positives. But you're right. But now this might sound, I'll say something, you know, and I think 
fans are probably being a little guilty of this, but more importantly, is fans can be, guys like you and me can be, but the Giants can't. And you might say to yourself, well, how the hell can anybody look past the Philadelphia Eagles? And you can't look past the Philadelphia Eagles. But as you just said, with that monumental game coming up next Sunday, the following mm-hmm. Sunday, against on national TV, you know, at night, I mean, you know, it's like, you don't want to say for all the marbles, but there are a whole lot of marbles involved in that game. For sure. And, you know, we all talked about it when the schedule came out. This was going to be the stretch that would determine the Giants' fate. I mean, Russ, this is no secret. Yeah. We knew. We knew all along if the Giants were going to show the improvement that we expected in the first year of the Dable Shane regime, this was going to be the stretch that would ultimately decide how big a jump this team had made. No, you're right. You're and right. so right now, it's a little bit rocky. Well, we, we will see how they can get through it. Uh, before we op- open up the phone lines, folks, at 201-939-4513, let's take care of a little business. Uh, Giants fans, make sure you go subscribe to the Giants Huddle podcast. The podcast features a rapid reaction right after each and every game with one of our analysts and an episode midweek featuring an interview with a national analyst and then a game preview featuring a long-form interview with a current Giants player, an exclusive sit-down with our very own Bob Papa and head coach Brian Dable and an opponent preview of that week's opponent. Search for Giants Huddle on your favorite podcast platform or listen on the Giants app or at Giants.com slash podcast. Again, the number is 201-939-4513. Russ, we should update people as to the injury situation. Brian Dable just told us this morning he doubts that Xavier McKinney will be able to play against Philadelphia. Did not want to talk about what might happen next week, but for the time being, doubts him against the Eagles. Uh, Donnie Holmes will work today. He missed the game last weekend because of a shoulder. Right. So he's going to try to work today. Coach said he might be limited. They'd have to see how it goes. Uh, Lemieux, Jackson, and Leonard Williams will not practice today. He also added that Ben Bredesen, who has been practicing coming off of the sprained knee, may be available against Philadelphia. So they might get one of their extra linemen back for the depth purposes. All right. Well, they'll need depth and everything else that uh, they can handle because they have their hands full. Listen, Paul and I just – we listened to Brian Dable just – 15 minutes ago, and the coach, listen, they all give you the coach speak when they're talking about the opposing team coming in. I don't care if if they were 0-11 or or 1-11 instead of 11-1. You're always being complimentary, but man, uh, he was, he didn't pull any punches about the strength of the Eagles. I mean, they really are a team right now with no weaknesses. So, and and I asked them, you were there, I, I, I said, well, when you're facing a team without any weaknesses, and you're watching the film, how do you prepare a game plan knowing there are no weaknesses for you to go after? And his answer was, you know, Russ, you got to prepare each week the same way. You have to go after it, and you have to be able to do what you do. In the words of Bill Parcells, there's always a path to victory. Yeah, You can always find a path to victory, and it's up to you as a coaching staff to craft that path. Some weeks... There's four, five, maybe even six paths to victory when you're playing like the Houston Texans, okay? There are a lot of ways you can beat the Houston Texans. When when you're in this matchup against Philadelphia, 
they will have more paths to victory than you will. Yes. That's there's no doubt about that. But no matter what that one path is that you might find, and no matter how narrow it is, you need to be assertive, confident, and believe in your guys and sell that path to them. You just want to make sure that path is not up the creek. All right? Good point. All right, 939. I should say 201-939-4513 is the number. Let's now, uh, whoa, let's head up to Portland, Oregon, and check in with Marcus. Hello, Marcus. You're on with Russ and Paul. How are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing great, guys. Well, good to hear from you, Russ. I think I've heard from you since 2019, but I've been listening to you, and it's great to have you back. Paul, always great to have you on the show as well. Thank you. Um, Appreciate the call. I'm going to with some positivity today. Um, I, the last time I called was right before Titans week, and on that call I said I didn't expect us to win that game. Look where we're at right now. We're in a very good position here. If you would have asked me before Titans week that we were going to have the record we have today, I would have said you're crazy because we're in a process right now where we got a new coaching staff. And now, like you guys said moments ago, we've been ravaged by injuries this season yet again. But look at what we've been putting out on the field. Like, I think it was Monday show where you guys were talking about how we had four starters. That's correct. Overtime. On defense. And look at what yeah. we did. Look what we did. We were able to hold Washington to no score. And then we came out with a tie, which is a little disappointing, but it's better than a loss. Mm -hmm. And now it puts us in a position here on Sunday Night Football in two weeks from today where we're going to have to play for a playoff spot. I never would have thought this season that we were going to play for a playoff spot, but if we go, obviously we're all going to (laughs) be super excited. Hey, I'm going to tell you something, Marcus. Uh, Monday, uh, look – if you ask every fan, and, and, and listen, when you when you start off six and one, everybody, you know, you get greedy in a hurry. And and you and I would have these private conversations all the time. Even when we were here, we would tell people, Coach knows, General Manager Joe Shea knows, a lot of work needs to be done. We need to go forward. We we you know, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. But if you ask every member of the media and every fan. Would you take 7-4-1 and one after 12 games? Everyone, every man, woman, and child would have said, yep, let's sign up. And, and I'm, I'm going to be honest with you right now. On Monday's uh, session, the Zoom session with Brian Dable, some of the questions that were asked of, of Coach Dable mm-hmm. were, were ridiculous. Are you going to change... Uh, take the. Are you going to take the play calling away from Mike Kafka? Uh, you know, questioning about playing conservative or not being aggressive. Look, look what the they. As Paul has said, as you the fans have said, they've been ravaged by injuries. You're trying to make do with what you have, and that's what the Giants are doing at this juncture. But again, they're seven four and one. They're not four seven and one. They're seven four and one. Yeah. You know what's amazing about this? As the Giants have turned the ship and started in the right direction, their record inside the NFC East is still nothing to write home about. You know, every coach will always tell you, take care of your divisional games, your rivalry games, your divisional games, and that's the quickest way to turn things around and become a playoff contender. The Giants are 1-7-1 and in their last nine games in the NFC East. It, it honestly, it, it that's one of the turnaround points 
that this franchise has yet to climb. Okay, there are little steps on the ladder as you turn things around, but the divisional results have still not been there yet. Now they have two in, games inclu- left against inclu- Philly, including this season. Right, yeah. right. Two games left with Philly this season, and one game still with Washington. Honestly, if there's something on my checklist as you turn around this franchise and rebuild it, it would be get get a couple of wins in the division, please. Yeah, absolutely. But you, 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 at, at the end of the day, you really got to tip your hat to Joe Shane and Dayball for just putting this team together. But the fact that they pulled Isaiah Hodgins off the practice squad from Buffalo and turned him into something like I'm familiar with. Well, Isaiah he was waived. He was waived. Yeah, he was waived by Buffalo, and the Giants claimed him, and that's why he immediately had to go to the 53. Uh, it, oh, my bad. Yeah, that's how it worked out. Hey, but hey, it worked out in our favor. I'm familiar with him. He's, he's the Oregon State player, yes, so man, I got to see him play out here. And, you know, like he's I, been more productive as a Giant than Kenny Galladay has. Well, this year, certainly. All right. Thank Th- you. Thank you, Marcus. Boy, that's a... A Giants fan from way out in Portland. Yeah. By the way, uh, I'm sorry for interrupting, guys. Can I just throw something out there real quick? Yes, John. Because I said this. Hi, everybody. I know I'm not on camera. There he is. There he is. Um, (laughs) I I said this yesterday. I just want to reassert it because I think it's did somebody correct not understand? Understand what? No, you said something. I thought maybe you have to clarify. No, I don't have to clarify. I I want to reaffirm my point. Yes. The idea that this is the week against that Eagles pass rush and those Eagle cornerbacks where you want to open up the offense and be more aggressive and throw it. No, 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 no. And and this is what I said. I grew up in Brooklyn. I knew a lot of guys that talked a lot of crap and were not not that smart. I do shows with Paul and Lance. We all say a lot of stupid stuff. (laughs) That is maybe the dumbest idea yes. that I have heard yes. in the history of football ideas. Yes. And that's all I got to say. You, you want to know what? Agreed. Give credit to Schmelke because you want to know what? That, that is an excellent point. And, and believe me, the fact that John tells us that, I, I can guarantee you people are thinking that. They want to come into Sunday, you know, oh, yeah, let's open it up. Let's open it up with what? A can opener? What, 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 I mean, when he... When, when Brian Dable was asked on Monday about uh, like being conservative, uh, almost as are you playing yeah, scared, not uh, taking it, the, the, the offensive play calling, taking a play calling away from Mike Kafka, I thought it was ridiculous. How, how are you going to open up things with what you have? I mean, he does not have an A-list receiver, and I'm not taking anything away from Darius Slayton. You, you and I admire Darius Slayton. Sure we do. He, he, here's a young man who had to take a significant pay cut to just to stay on the team. I don't know if he's making minimum, a little above. He didn't walk around with his head down, tail between his legs. He, he's been, you know, aggressive. He, he's been playing his tail off, uh, you know, fine and dandy. But, and I, again, I don't want to, you know, denigrate any of the other receivers. But they're not frontline receivers. And people say, well, Daniel Jones has to open up. Who do you want him to pass to? I mean, really, who do you want him to pass to? Russ, if you look at Philly's defense, the only two softer spots, okay, they've been inconsistent against the run, better lately, but but they have been run on a number of times this year. Right. Okay? That's number one. Number two, the short pass against their linebackers. Okay? You can 
you can control the ball with short passes against their linebackers. Those are the two spots where if you want to say, hey, we've got to be able to move the ball effectively, get down the field and get some points, those are the two areas you must attack. Because quite frankly, in almost every other case this year, the rest of that defensive unit is going to stand up extremely well against anybody they play. They're that good. Yes, they are. All right. 201-939-4513 is the number, Paulie. Let's go to Glen Falls and check in with Doug. Hello, Doug. You're on with Russ and Paul. How you doing today, my friend? Pretty good. Pretty good, Paul and, Hi. and Russ. Good. Paul, I want, wanted to ask, I haven't heard that much. Is there any... Is Adore Jackson any closer to playing, or is he still a ways out? He's not practicing today, no. so I would say nil against Philadelphia. Oh, uh, well, yeah. I guess I guess we'll have to attack what what you guys were just talking about because um, I don't see how we're gonna we're gonna stop that Devontae Smith and AJ, was it AJ Brown that they picked up? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's that's you just. You just mentioned what what Brian Dable just finished talking to us uh, about, and, and how Hertz and 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 Brown have such a good relationship uh, on and off uh, the field. Look, they're up against it. Giants are up against it, Doug. But a lot of guys are up against it all the time. It's, you got to play, Russ. Yeah, you got to play. You got to play. You're not going to forfeit the game. I mean, that's the alternative, right? No, I didn't, oh, you know, no, I'm not saying you. Yeah, I mean, I guess the, what, go ahead. I'm sorry. What, what you were just talking about with the short passing game against the linebackers and running the ball. I guess we can go back to it. Does that mean then they'll probably try and get get some passes to to um, Barkley or or not? Well, I would think Barkley's got to be involved in that regard. I would also, in my mind, I keep saying this, and you guys are tired of hearing it. I'd like to see Matt Breida more involved. Yeah. Again, not at Barkley's expense necessarily, but I'm all for putting Breida and Barkley in the backfield together, doing something funky with the, in the pre-snap, and then seeing how the defense reacts. Breida, I mean, he has such speed, and he's elusive, and he's got hands. Get him out in that passing game. You get him against the linebacker, Russ, they can't cover him. And he's almost guaranteed to get some yards after the catch, too. Yeah, I, I mean, one of the things that I get frustrated about, I've mentioned this to you several times. Listen, we know how terrific Saquon is. But I get frustrated. You know, like we, we can get a significant first down, maybe a 20-yard gain, and then the next play is first and 10. And whether it's a, a screen pass or a running play, and for whatever reason, you know, and I know it's a combination of the line and Saquon a lot, we get a negative play. And that's to me has been uh, a thing that has hurt the Giants the last couple of years. The negative plays. You know, we always say it, you know, uh, keep it short. You know, third and six. Even, yeah, third and six, which is not a gimme, but third and six is a lot more manageable than third and 10 or third and <laughs> 11 or third and 12 or third and 13. And we find ourselves in that predicament, uh, you know, far too many times. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three is the number. Thanks for the call, Doug. Let's now go to PA and check in with Guy. Guy, or is it Gee? You're on with Russ and Paul. Yeah. Uh, good afternoon, uh, men. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Hello. Uh, 
you, hello, can you hear me? Yeah, yes. we hear you. Thanks for the Thanks. call. Yeah, uh, you answered one of the questions already, and, and, and Dory Jackson is not going to be available for the Billy game, but does he have a shot at the uh, Washington game? I would say there is an opportunity for him to maybe make it back for the game in D.C. Uh, again, great. I think it's important to see him on the practice field first and see how he responds and progresses. So until he gets on the practice field, it's kind of hard to speculate, but I do believe that there is some hope he would make it for the following weekend's game. And and thank you. And then the second part of my question is, McKinney status with the broken fingers. Same is thing. That, is there any timetable on his return? Same thing. He's got some pins in his fingers, as Brian Dable went into a little more detail today. Uh, once those pins are taken out, there is certainly a possibility that he could get a soft cast put on the hand. Uh, there is. There is. I'm going to give you a very unofficial statement here. There is a possibility that he could be back for the Washington game as well. And you would play with a club ball, you think, if he, he would did? Ha- he would have to have an apparatus well, I mean, of well, some type. Well, well, correct me if I'm wrong, and you know, for, the, for you nice people who can't see John Schmelk, John Schmelk is at the controls today. Um, didn't He was asked that question the other day, Coach Dable. Right, and, and he Coach, did, Coach said he, he could he, not have an apparatus on yet because it, it would happen. He didn't is, rule it out. He, he kind of left it open. Uh, until the pins are out of his fingers, he can't wear an apparatus and play in the game. Yeah. He has to get the pins removed from his fingers before they can even attempt to give him something yeah, that I, will I, help I, him. I, I, It shows you how seriously that in, how serious that injury was oh, by the way. It's, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I not good. I, I always wonder you know since you bring it up John, uh, you know, we remember um JPP playing with the club. Uh, you know, I remember I you know, I want is it tougher being a DB? with the club than, than a, a, a lineman? You know, I don't it's know. good question. I, I think that is it, you know. Well, you can't catch any interceptions, that's for sure. No. If, but Unless you, you catch it off your face. But, <laughs> but every play, defensive linemen probably use their hands yeah. a little bit more yeah. than a safety, though, yeah. right? Yeah. That's a good question, Russ. I don't know the answer yeah, to that's, that. That's kind of... Uh, yeah. yeah that, that is interesting. Remember, Banks played with that during the 90s season. He had broke his wrist. Yeah. And he he had come back and and they put a cast on his hand and he finished out that Super Bowl season with with an apparatus yeah, on. But but again, as a not, he was a linebacker. Yeah, but again, it's not a DB. He's you not know, a DB. And, uh, you know, you're not going to be intercepting balls or, or or are you batting them down? That that's a whole that, that you know. Let me put just, you this way: if they can get him out there. Oh, they're going to get him out. Uh, they'll get him out there. If, if any by hook or by crook. And by the way, not just interceptions, Russ. Tackling with yeah. a club in the open field can be tough, too. And he's the last line of defense on a lot of these plays, well, right? Exactly. It may also help, if you know what I mean. <laughs> well, well, we don't want any illegal punches to the face, Tatino. <laughs> the longest yard action. <laughs> no, no, but I, I have to tell you, some of the tackling last week was... Less than par. Well, less you know than, what? Less, less than They've been really good at tackling all season yes, long. Yes, they have. That's, so why, that's why it was a little disappointing last yeah, year. They're allowed to slip up, unfortunately. Right. 201-939-4513. Uh, let's now go down to Virginia. and ch- ch- Well, no, excuse me, because our buddy in Columbia, Maryland, Len, has been hanging on longer, so we'll go to okay. Len first. Hey, Len, you're on with Russ and Paul. How you doing, bud? Hey, guys. How you doing? Hi, Len. Um, Hey, listen, Sunday Sunday felt like a win to me. You know, I'm, I'm driving home. I'm on my way back to Maryland, and I'm thinking about what this all means. 
Um, listening to the post game, and you know, I, I, I felt pretty good. I know it's not as good as a win, uh, but it was better than a loss, and it was Paulie was in division. I felt pretty good. I felt pretty good about that. Well, you, um, you know what they say, how I felt driving home? You know what they say? Yeah, and yeah, you're old I know, enough. Ties are like kissing your sister, and that's, that's what it felt like to me. <laughs> because, okay. Because we had that one. But, but you know what? Okay. To credit to you because, again, it's a lot better than, than had they lost that game, and that's yeah. what I was worried about. Yeah, so. yeah. Hey, listen, you, you, you would have to uh, perhaps correct me on this, but I've been trying to keep track. Uh, I mean, this, this, this season, given the injuries, I mean, it's just, I mean, it's been a mess. And here, here's a number for you, and I think I got this right, guys. We have had 70, 7-0, 70 different players on the 53. And I'm not counting the ones who were elevated each week. I'm counting on positions on the 53. Mm-hmm. We've had 70 different guys. I mean, you know, Vanette made 70, you know, the tight end that we just added. I mean, and we're only two-thirds of the way through the season. I mean, it's been, you know, we're picking, it's been unbelievable. Len, I can't confirm that with you offhand because the truth is I actually keep a running, living roster at home in my office. And okay. I've never thought that somebody would even ask for it. So I don't, I didn't bring it. But I tell you what I will do next time we're on the program. Uh, I, my, I'll be on again next Monday. I will yeah. have that number for you. Okay. I, I, I think, I'm, I'm probably going to tell you you're close. If not exactly, yeah. you're probably very close. I think I, I think I got it right. Listen, one, one more thing. And, Paulie, you and I think alike on a lot of things. Russ, not that you and I don't think alike, but just, just something that Paulie said today that I want to comment on. And I think he knows where I'm going to. Um, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with this, and it has to do with the division. Looking at the schedule for the rest of the year and thinking about the schedule for the next three years, we are going to play the AFC South. We're going to play one game against the AFC South over that period of time. It's the game against the Colts, okay? And we've had a very good season against the, the Colts. We are going to play 21 games during that same time frame against our division rivals. And frankly, we're not competing well. Paulie, uh, you know, I mean, this is where you were going with this. Uh, we're going to play 21 games against our division rival. we got to figure out not how to beat the AFC South. we got to figure out how to beat our division rivals. I mean, holy cow. Well, Lenny, and thanks for the call, buddy. As always, I mean, you're not going to get any dispute. Paul brought it up before. We've we got to be better. The Giants have to be better at beating their division rivals. But, you know, at this point in the season, you got to take care of everybody. You know, yeah, yeah they're going to be facing uh, Minnesota after the Washington game. And then they're going to be facing the Colts. I mean, you better take care of – got to try and take care of those games. It's, yeah. By the way, uh, just a piece of NFL news, not to make you feel any better, but there are other teams also suffering terrible injuries. Look, Jimmy G is going to be out for several weeks at least for the 49ers. They're not sure if that foot's going to keep him out for the season. And now NFL Network just reporting about two minutes ago, Von Miller will miss the rest of the season with the Bills with a torn ACL. I mean, when they brought him in during the offseason. They figured he was the missing piece yeah. that was going to get them over the hump to win the Super Bowl. 
And how do you think they feel right now? In December, they've now been told that missing piece is still missing. Yeah, well. I mean, that's 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 pretty tough. I'll tell you who's... The, the, the other people who share MetLife Stadium just uh, noticed that right now. Oh, you know they did. All right. Uh, let's go Now let's go down to uh, 201-939-4513 is the number. Let's now go down to Virginia and check in with Mike. Hello, Mike. Gentlemen, how you doing today? Good afternoon. Good ha- good afternoon. Um only thing like this hey, we're in a good position right now. We haven't had this feeling in a long time. This was not expected for this season. So, you know, on that note, I love what we're doing. We can see the progression. There's a couple things that I I just really don't understand. Like we are a running team. We can all agree with that, correct? Sure. So why are we not using Breida as the one-two punch? Well, like, po- po- we're yeah. minimizing what we're doing with Saquon, and Breida is not touching the rock. And I, I don't get it. I, I don't understand why he hasn't had more of a role myself. Uh, I don't think it necessarily has to be with a run. I think it can be with the pass. Breida has the skills to pick up the blitz. He has the skills to have ball skills. He's got the speed. He's got the route running ability. Uh, there's nothing not to like about him. Why do you think the Giants administration brought him down immediately? He was one of the first guys they contacted right. when they came down from Buffalo. They were like, we want this guy. So I'm puzzled why he hasn't had more of a role in the offense. I don't, I don't have an answer for you, but I will say this. You can't necessarily take those reps away from Barkley. My issue is, as I've said to you before, Russ, in August, we saw a number of things that they were working on at training camp that had them in the backfield together. That's what troubles me. Mm -hmm. Why can't they find a way to still use Breida and not necessarily steal time from Barkley? That's my point. That right there. That play where where the two ran into each other, Breida should have been back there. Oh yeah, this, with uh, with right, Richie James. Yeah, you know to be you're you're absolutely yeah. right. You're 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 absolutely now. I don't want to take you know take Richie James to task, but there's a great example of a play that you can run with Barkley and Breida together, and Breida can be the guy who's yeah. going to wind up going out in motion, and 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 Barkley's going one way, Breida's going the other way. See how their linebackers react. Trust me. Barkley and Breida are nightmares for linebackers. Breida because of his speed. Barkley because of his jukes. I mean, you can do stuff to linebackers with those two guys. Perhaps, though, maybe. I'm not saying this is the reason, but, you know, it's like everything else is complimentary. When you're receiving game, when you're passing game, Mike and Paul, it's not up to snuff because of all the injuries. Right. Uh, It doesn't allow you to be as creative, let's say, with the running game because they can key on that. Whereas if you are firing on all cylinders in your receiving game, then it opens up everything else. Yeah, but Breida Breida can be used in the receiving game, in the passing game. That's the whole point. What what about them going in in an empty empty set? I'm with you, man. those (laughs) Those two players would dictate, we'll have the linebackers step out or safety. And now you get get the ball in those two gentlemen's hands, those two players' hands. Yeah, I know. You're not just just pigeonholing it to um, having 
um, what's the man's name? Uh, Slayton has to make plays. No, I just do that, not see, like he, here's what I'd love to do, and, and I think you would appreciate this, Th- right? Thanks for the call, Mike. Let's say, let's just say for argument's sake, and I'm I'm not disputing because I'm with John on this. This is not the game you want to just come out and start throwing. This is no, no, not against this defense. But what if, what if on some early down snaps, right, you send Breida and Barkley both out into the huddle? The Eagles are not going to be playing dime defense. They might not even be in nickel. They might be in their standard D. And so now you've got Breida and Barkley in the backfield, all right? You could, you could send one of them out in motion in the pre-snap, or for that matter, when you break the huddle, you could even break the huddle and have empty backfield. You're going to have linebackers isolated on those two running backs, Russ. They've got no chance to cover them. None. Zero. No, I, I mean, listen, the point's well taken. It could jumpstart the offense. I, I love the call. Thank you. You know, I mean, you know, it, it's a fair point. I mean, the, the thing is, you want to see. I mean, look, I'm glad this point got brought up. Now is not the time this this week to try and get you know super fancy. But, but there's nothing but, fancy about that. No, no, no. It's but, really but, but you know pretty what? simple. You got to try and do something to beat this team, and it's not going to be a little you know punt, pass, and kick effort. You're no, gonna, no, gonna no, have, no, no, no. You're going to have to get out there. That's for sure. And do some wiggling and jiggling. And uh, by the way, should we happen. throw in this? The Eagles are plus thirteen in takeaway ratio, which yeah. is tops in the league. Yeah, well, so that, just let's throw that in there too, because it's another impediment to trying to clear a path to victory. Well, listen, it's all all, all well and good, but you got to go take care of your business. And uh, to, to to say, I don't want to use to say to be creative, because I think they're creative. It's it, you can only be creative to a point w- with what you have. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three is the number. Let's go to our friend in New Mexico and check in with Scott today. Hello, Scott. How are you? Hi. Hey, guys. Uh, nice to see you on, finally in person. Hi. Yeah, there you go. Uh, right. um, I had a, basically, uh, last week, Russ, I was, we were stress, I was stressing with you about defense really wins football games, and you made a really good observation. The offense has to help out. And vice and versa. Was, it goes both ways. Right. And uh, seizing on your point, uh, I, I tried to find some ways that I want to run by both of you in regards to maybe creating more points for the Giants, because they're averaging about the same thing they were averaging last year, about 20 to 21 points a game. And what I was thinking, and you can tell me if I'm crazy or not, uh, if you look at Daniel Jones, for example, he's 18th or the 18th rated quarterback, but his completion percentage is 66%, which is, 10, which is about better than 10 of the top quarterbacks in the league. Where the discrepancy is in, is in the amount of yardage he's passing for, which is uh, less than 200, which ranks them about And his first. touchdown percentage is also hurting him, Right, too. exactly. So what I was thinking, and tell me, if, again, if I'm crazy, uh, since you have a transitional offensive line, you don't know who's going to be playing, uh, would it make sense uh, to have Daniel Jones not take any snaps under center and because him a little bit more time to sur- survey the field and to run more wildcat? Because when I was looking at the uh, statistics for the players themselves, the uh, actual receivers, uh, Slayton leads everybody with 33, 
and Barkley has is second, but he has he's only uh, averaging 4.1 yards per reception. So I want to free him up, and I thought the Wildcat would be one way to do it. And uh, I want to. I was talking to Howard Cross and John about this a couple of weeks ago, and and Howard mentioned that a Wildcat would be a great option for the Giants to do, and that it would work. And against a team like Philadelphia, which is obviously uh, one of the best in the NFL, I'm hoping they can create more uh, sort of diversity. Well, and, and all right. well Scott, I, I, uh, I understand what you're saying, but the Wildcat's going to work infrequently. If you're going to have him back there, you know, just say – I mean, they've like, even used it a few times during right, the course of the yeah. season. It's something that if you throw it in there to, as a change-up. Yeah, that's, you know, that's the expression. Th- throw it in as a change-up, as a curveball. You remember Steve ex- Whitaker with the folly floater? Yeah. Okay, yeah. that's what it should be. It should be something like that. Something you rarely use just because you want to keep somebody off balance. I would be against using it on a regular yeah, basis. No, I, no, and to be, to be honest with you, another way the Giants could do something, if you really want to tweak things and try to figure out how to get this offense and this running game maybe to be a bit more effective, how about just go to a true eye formation again? How about getting Barkley as your standard halfback, get somebody in there as the fullback? Now, I'm not sure if you think Myrick is good enough to do it. But he right now is the only, quote, fullback, H-back hybrid on the roster. But if you want to run some of that, some I-formation, Barkley runs out of I-formation better than any other formation. Okay? Let me make that clear to you. Barkley runs out of I-formation with the quarterback over center better than any other formation. But the Giants don't use it. Okay? Now, that's because they think there's too much benefit in everything else that they're trying to do. I understand that. But maybe in this game, you might want to see some eye formation. If, again, if you're looking for some way to tweak. Right. And the, the other thing, and, uh, and I'll take this off the air, uh, the receivers uh, that they have, would it make sense to put Cager in the slot and use Hodgins and Slayton as your boundary uh, receivers, and then Bellinger, of course, can be split out a little bit. I'm trying to create more diversity, so Philadelphia has to cover more people is what I'm really trying to get at. And uh, that's why I wanted Jones to be actually in a shotgun formation to give him time to survey the field, because when he's under center, because he doesn't have a lot of time when that happens, he can't survey the field the way he wants. And he's accurate uh, I, when he's able to do it. I, I'm, so, I'm going to disagree with you on that. Thanks for the call, Scott. Okay, I, thanks, guys. He, 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 I'll let you go from there, Paul. But, I mean, Daniel doesn't have problems surveying the field. No, okay. he doesn't. Okay. He, he, that, I, I, you know, let's not put that out there. There is no problem at all with him surveying the field. He, he, what Scott brought, also brought up, a lot of it has to do with who's playing and what on the offensive line. I mean, the interesting part about Cager, uh, he's suggesting that you make Cager the big slot, which is a position that's not often used, but it's certainly part of some teams' playbooks. The thing about Cager is he was a receiver in school, then comes up to the NFL, and now after a couple of years this year, the Jets converted him into a tight end, and he gained, 40, uh, gained 20 pounds. He's up to like 240 pounds now. He's no longer a 220-pound right. wide receiver. He's now a 240-pound tight end. I'm not sure that he is elusive or athletic enough at that weight 
to necessarily pull off the big slot. That that's I'm not saying that your idea is nuts. I just don't know how effective it will be at this new weight. I mean, that's a lot of that's a lot of poundage. Yeah, no, that's that's tight end uh, poundage. Two forty's big. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three is the number. Let's go now to Roxbury and check in with Wilson. Hello, Wilson. You're on with Russ and Paul. Hey guys, how are you? Hi, hey, how you doing, hey. Will? Hey, Paul, you got mad at me last time I called, so unfortunately, I think Russ is going to get mad at me. This oh, I look, you. here's the good news. I don't stay mad very long. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, <laughs> it's the holidays, my man. Enjoy. All right. All right. Uh, Russ, listen, uh, this is for you, because what you just said just now about people signing to full seven and four. You know that old saying, man, expectations equals reality. The fact that nobody expected you to be seven and four and one, the, the reality is that you are. And the reality is that you were seven and two. So if the Giants don't make the playoffs th- th- this season, for Giants fans like myself and a lot of us, it's a, it's a failure. Because if you think, well, it, like Howard said yesterday, and I love Howard, that this is gravy, everything from, from being, because you, nobody expected you to win seven games, you won seven games, now everything is gravy, that's bull. Okay. We're seven and two. That's a loser's mentality. I'm sorry. Well, we're we, sick and tired of loser's mentality, man. We've been we've been having a loser's mentality for ten <clears> years. Well, you know what, Wilson? Um, l- let me just say this to you, and thank you, and thank. Well, no, l- let me just say this yeah, keep to him, you. Keep him, keep him on. I, no, I, I wish you a very merry Christmas. No, I, I, I didn't. I, mean, and listen, right, right, Wilson. I, let I, me I finish. Let Wilson. Let me finish. I'm not pissed okay. off at you yet. I'm getting there, but I'm not mad yet. <laughs> All right, guys. So let's hug it out. Let's hug it out. I mean, if you want to view the season as a failure, be my guest. I think that's a cockeyed way to look at it. If you want to view the season as a failure, be my guest. But I, I don't see it as a failure when, when you want to know what? If somebody said to you at the beginning okay. of the season, would you take 7-4-1 and one after 12 games, you would have been thrilled. You would have been clicking your heels, oh, doing an Irish oh. jig. Of course I would, Russ. But the fact of the matter is that you are, man. Okay, so be- because the, because all of a sudden, let me ask you a question, Wilson. No, yeah, let's please. let's let's think this out for a second. Do you not think when they were six and one? Okay, yeah. when they were six and one, did you yeah. think this was a Super Bowl team that was vying for a Super Bowl? Russ, but that's no, no. The, I the asked you a question, yeah, Wilson. I, I, I answer the we question. Were, I, I thought we were better than what everybody in the world thought that we were, yes. Everybody, well, then I'll tell you what, God bless you, and thank you for the call, Wilson, but you know what? At 6-1, and we kept saying it over and over again each week. Boy, they got a lot of work to do. And boy, this this organization, uh, going from the general manager to the coach, knew that they had a lot of work to do. It was six and one was was great. It was sexy. We were all wrapping our arms around it. But it was overachieving. It was an overachieving record. Let, let me put it to you that way. You, Paul and I sat here. Paul was sitting here because we weren't on TV at the beginning of the season. Paul was sitting here. I was sitting over there. When the discussion was going into game one, what would you take for this season? Paul was saying... Eight, eight, nine, yeah. nine, eight, 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 wins. eight wins. And I said, well, you know what? Maybe I'll go a little better. I'll say maybe nine and eight, eight, nine, but we can flip flop. And right now, that's 
you know, we're looking at that. We, we need to get a little better to make the playoffs. But, I mean, as a fan, just because you're a fan and you die hard with your team doesn't mean the reality is because they're doing really good. I mean, let me ask you. If the Giants... I would have said seven wins would have been good, by the way, Russ. No, no, That's just me. I, I, no, no. <laughs> I would have. And that would have been well, a... Well, you did. You, I did. You, you, you did. did. But, that, but you, you want to know what, Schmelk? Schmelk, that was, was a fair assessment, okay? But, I mean, are you telling me... It's like if they beat the Eagles this week. How's this? If they beat the Eagles this week, are you going to say that the Giants are a stronger team than the Eagles? It's an upset. It would be an upset. That's it. I mean, we can't okay. get nuts. You know, if you want to feel that they gave uh. us this at 7-4-1, and one, they gave us this, so now they're going to take it away because they teased us? I, I, listen, See? you want to do that to yourselves? That's fine. John, this is where Russ decides he doesn't want me working with him anymore because I have to disagree with you. Go ahead. Okay. I think so actually. You're gonna, so forget Wilson. Mm. Now I'm going to get pissed off. At yeah, you. Yeah, I'm happy you're on camera. You actually get the fight on camera. I know. This yeah, is the, perfect. This I know. Is great. I, I, I'm going to say that Wilson does have a point. Okay. Go ahead. I don't agree with him wholeheartedly because I do believe you can feel both ways. You can feel like this is a successful season because they've overturned the roster. They found out things about Barkley and about Daniel Jones. They found out things about other younger players who have developed. They found out stuff about the coaching staff. These are all positives. These are all productive things. And you can't take that away from this team regardless of their record. So in that area, you're 100% correct. Positives are definitely there, and you cannot ignore them. But Wilson also has a point. When you are 6-1 and one and you are 7-2 and two and you start thinking about, you know what, this team has won a ton of games. You're looking at the quicksand of mediocrity that's in the conference and that's in this league. And you say to yourself, you know, the truth of the matter is it doesn't take much to be a little above average to be a playoff team in this quicksand of a league. I, I could accept and, that. And so if the Giants don't make the playoffs, he has a right to feel a little bit disappointed, a little bit bitter, have a little sour taste in his well, mouth. I think a little he, disappointed and considering it a failure are two different and categories. And that's what I'm saying. Though, right? That's what yeah. I'm saying here. Well, yeah, don't forget, you're the same nut who going into <laughs> you're the same nut going into this past weekend was as, as you kind of alluded to before, was still thinking that the Giants because the records were what no, they were no. mathematically I could have said, still won the I division. I said from a mathematical perspective, yeah. if you wanted to look at it that way, you could. I wasn't. Are you but familiar? You could. With, are you familiar with the term Meshugana? Okay, whatever. That the is point nuts. is, Wilson, Wilson, I understand where you're coming from, and I do think there is a portion of what you say that will hold true. I even think that Joe Shane and Brian Dable will have some sense of disappointment if the Giants well, don't make the playoffs. I think that goes without... Uh, you, That's you, all. He every, overstated it when he said failure. That, that, well, that was the key well, word, Well, disappointment Wilson. and failure are two different... Yeah, dis- you've got you to gotta pull back the no, word no, failure. I, I mean, that's but that's what John said. Well, a, a dis- yeah. Failure means... Ugh, Right. You know, disappointment. Correct. You're disappointment whenever you lose. You're always disappointed. Of course, of course. But to say failure, and, no. And, and that, to be in such a position to be able to grab something and then have that plate of pie slip off the table and onto the floor, yeah, that 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 stings. Uh, so Wilson, failure's not the best word to use, but I do agree that there will be some pain and some bloodshed, you know, on uh, your behalf. 
Now on your behalf, now it's, you go with bloodshed. You know, now it's you go bloodshed. Now, now, see, well, you could get a cut now, on your arm, and bleed. Yeah, well, no, <laughs> unfortunately, the cut on your arm comes from you doing it self-inflicted. Oh, that's the problem. Goodness, <laughs> that is so good. Yeah, see, that, I told you he's not going to want to work with me anymore. That, that's the bloodshed. All right. Uh, listen, my eyes opened up the same way Schmokes did as soon as you said the bloodshed. Bloodshed and fail, you're going to the same category. Nah, not for me. Let's go to Cape Cod and check in with John. Hello, John. You're on with Russ and Paul. Yeah, Russ. Hi, Paulie. How are you? Hi. Good to talk to you again. (laughs) Listen, just a couple of things. If I were to rate them today, the Giants staff's got to have an A. You know, they've been doing it with smoke and mirrors and third-string players. And, you know, the record is terrific. I don't think any of us expected that when we were on this show back in March. Um one thing I wanted to talk about, Paul, you hit the nail on the head with the eye formation and the fullback. You probably know this because you're the resident historian. All four giant Super Bowls, yep. they had a true, they had yep. a true fullback. Keep they, singing that song, baby, because it's true. And you remember Maurice Carthen was a, a fullback. Was Bulldozer. Oh, but God. You, you know Bulldozer. what? Bulldozer. I, I remember Parcells telling me the great line, uh, uh, John, uh, we were talking about Maurice Carthen. Something came up, and, and he said something to Maurice because he loved Maurice Carthen. And, and, and he said, uh, I might have to take you out for this and that. And he goes, Carthen's reply to me was, who going to block? <laughs> who going to block? And he's right. No, but- absolutely. absolutely. And, you know, and he had a football, high football IQ, which is why – he went and coached for Belichick. Yep. Um, also, Paul, I think you guys are spot on with having the two backs in the backfield, regardless of where you're spotting them, because it presents a much bigger threat, especially now that they're so down on starting receivers. Yeah. I'm yeah. surprised they haven't done it sooner. You, you, you know what, John, And when, when Paul brought it up before about – the two backs, and it would just take one coach, you know, because it, it still becomes a copycat league. It would take one coach with having success to change things. Listen, I, I come from a, a different time. I mean, you know, I remember when they had guys by the name of Paul Horning and Jim Taylor in the Packers. Back I thought you were going to say Jim Thorpe. Yeah, no, oh, okay, smartass. <laughs> okay, and, and, and no, but and, and how about how about those... Um, Undefeated Miami Dolphins with with uh, Sanka and Kick. How about Marcus and, Allen and Bo Jackson and, right and in the eighties? Mar- yeah, yeah. Not, yeah. I, I mean, how about how about how about Charlie Connolly and Frank Gifford? That's when I started watching the Giants. All right, all right. Here's the thing, though. <clears throat> and Alex Webster, by the way, was the was the basically the fullback on those teams. Here's That's the right. here, here's the here's the thing. Town. Here's the thing. Thank you, John. Thank you. Here, here's the thing that that. I would say, Russ, and I'm not I'm not saying that, you know, the coaches have been wrong not to try it because I know every week I respect these guys and they're coming up with individual matchups every single Sunday to give themselves the best chance. And we've respected and lauded for the kinds of matchup things that they have tried to create. But I would say this as we get down to crunch time with the Darth of depth in the wide receiver room, the way it is, and the way teams are overplaying against the Giants' running game, to me, you just hit your head against the wall 
trying to throw to that receiver group or to continue to just try to run with the same running plays that you've run all year long. I realize we're long, by the way, here, Paul. And, and if oh, I'm sorry. And, and, no, 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 that's no. fine. And, and if you're not going to call business late, it's fine. It's not a big deal. How many times do you want to try it again? Because I don't think you probably have more than 10, 8 of those plays that you can run in, a, in an offense on a given game. Well, there just aren't that many plays designs with those guys one, there. It's one thing to talk about if well, you're talking about the the two back. I'm talking set. Breda and Barkley right. together, now, or may, or Brightwell, whatever. You may only be able to use that eight times. Okay, ten times. That may not. That may not. No, but it, it is. That, that's a fair point. It should have a package, though. I would think. Oh, not there. And, and and by the way, they did. If two weeks ago, remember the third quarter package where they had Barkley and Brightwell out there together, about did. five or six plays in a row, and, 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 and it worked. Yeah. Now. Now the other actually, thing, actually, Brightwell was running very well at that juncture. He did. The other thing you can do also, okay, and and when we talk about the I formation, you can use that habitually throughout the game. You put Myrick back there at fullback. If well, he right now he's the only guy you have to do it, so you kind of have to. And I maybe maybe you try it until to see if it works. I mean, that's the kind of thing where you could you could go an entire series down the field. Going I formation if you want to, and if you're able to move it successfully, you keep doing it. Yeah, here's the thing though. I think since these other teams have really focused on the run, thing is he's not even the effectiveness of that has gone down. Well, we haven't. They haven't really used it a whole lot. Well, that's because they ain't no tight ends because Bellinger. Okay, was I know, yeah. I know. But yeah. see now, Bellinger's back. No, that's fair. So maybe Myra can go try give him now, some fullback. La- duty. Last week they did do a lot of thirteen personnel though. They did, and it they was did. not very effective. It's still not the same as I. No, fair enough. So, and I'm I'm simply saying, folks, there are some things that we know that they're hampered at doing because of the personnel on the roster today, and there are other things that we know other teams have successfully planned for. So, I'm trying to offer you some tweaks. That's all I'm doing. Paul, we got time for. Uh, excuse me, uh, John. We got time for a, a couple, two calls. Yeah, oh, you can very, do both. Squeeze them in. No, all right, very let's good. Go. Okay, guys, let's. Sorry, try folks. And get you both in. Let's uh, go down to. Uh, Florida and check in with Lawrence, and then we'll get to Clay in Brooklyn. Lawrence, what do you got, buddy? Lawrence. Hi, how are you? Thanks for having me. Hi. I was want to say, hi, how are you? I just want to say, um, anybody who says anything bad about Daniel Jones, Norm Van Brocklin, Y.A. Tittle, and um, Johnny Unitas wouldn't be doing any better. Okay. Well, okay. That, Appreciate the thank call. You. That, that, thank you. That, thank you, Lawrence. But you know what? That. I don't care who it is. You know, Daniel Jones this season, and we've said it all along that he was securing his place for the future here with the Giants, and nothing nothing has happened to change my mind on that. He's played his keister off with, with I mean, a real short deck. So let's go to, go ahead. The throw to Richie James in overtime was a dart. A, a real dart. Okay, go all ahead. All right, quickly, and we'll wrap things up with uh, Clay in Brooklyn. Hello, Clay. Hey, guys, how you doing? Thanks Hi. so much. I know you're up against it, so I'll try to be fast. A couple of quick points. First of all, it's nice to see you guys in person again. Yes, sir. Uh, uh, a couple of calls ago, I was talking about a failure versus disappointment. We have 17 different op- opponents and 17 different weeks of health status. So there's, if, if we played the same exact team 17 times with the same players, then I could see why you could say this is a failure if we don't make the playoffs, starting off six and one. Well, but that's not the case at all. No, we like we, we we concur on that. What else, uh, Clay? Because right. we got to get going here, bud. Okay, um, really quick. You guys used to check Twitter, and you don't anymore. And a lot of us, I know, I tweet all the time, and I'm sure others do. So please, as a reminder, moving forward, please do that. The Good two point. Set, set up. The two back setup is better than to use more often because Brita is a better football player 
than Richie James and David Sills and Marcus Johnson, et cetera. So getting your best football players in the field is a good idea. And throwing, like you said, Paulie, throwing out of that two-back set, there, no team has two linebackers that can cover Breida and no, Barkley. No, so. they don't. They don't. And, to me, that, that's, last, that's a matchup advantage for the Giants every right. time. And I know Barkley can't lift his shoulder right now because he's been injured, so I know that I have a feeling that's why we're not throwing downfield to him more often. But, you know, uh, so, I, 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 I wouldn't necessarily uh, yeah, go there. Well, I mean, but I go know, ahead. You had another point, so go ahead. Go ahead, Clay. Make the point because we've got to get going. Azudo and Breedison, do we know anything about their health? Because I can't wait to put Gates back at center. Azudo's not I'll practicing talk. today. Bredesen continues to practice, and there is a possibility he'll be ready for this week. Yeah, and I happen to agree with uh, Clay on that. I love to see Gates back at center. I'll just. All right. I'll tell you, I think everyone's healthy. I think it's Feliciano at center and Gates at left guard the rest of the way. I, I have, I have. That's to, my guess. I think it'll be that way too, John. I, I agree with you. I'm just a little partial because I like Gates at center. And I, I don't want to take anything away from Feliciano. Uh, I think next year you could be talking about Gates at center and Azudu at left guard. Fair enough. Fair mm-hmm. enough. But right now, uh, that's going to be a wrap here on uh, Big Blue Kickoff Live on Giants.com and the Giants app. Our thanks to John Schmelk at the controls today with my buddy Paul Dettino. I'm Russ Salzberg. Most important, thank you to all the fans out there. Always remember the number is 201-939-4513. Have yourselves a great week. Go Giants on Sunday, and we'll talk to you next week. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.